Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I've been talking to people walking here. We've been talking about next year, and I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> and with that, we say goodbye to Channing Fry. Hey, guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network grassroots style. It takes everyone You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers season is officially over. We are guaranteed, at the very least, a share of the second-worst lottery odds, which is a great thing to mention because by the time this posts, we'll actually have a definitive answer on that. Um, but while we were planning on eulogizing this season, we now have Magic Johnson stepping down from the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and Carter, before we get into things with the Cavs, I, I, I think that's kind of our, our logical la- launching off point here. You know, I really did think that the Cavs were like uniquely kind of a big mess. And it's like, it's not even close to how stupid they all are. You know what? Here's the thing. People really rushed to blame LeBron for this season when you have a guy that quit without telling his boss. Without telling his boss. um, Like, and like, in a very, like, it doesn't seem like he, well, it's weird because he clearly was planning this, given the uh, the audio from our cold open. But then he also, like, there's no other, like, you know, Woj was being real salty online tonight for some reason. But <laughs> there's really no other way to frame it other than that he was scared to quit. Man. Because he, he clearly, like, I, you know, until he, I, I heard that quote, I actually was thinking, like, did he just, like, have, a, like, a moment of clarity? Nope. He knew exactly what he did what he was going to do he's just a wuss 
I, I love this from Woj, where Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka visited with LeBron and Rich Paul on Saturday. Johnson offered no indication that he was on the brink of bailing out on the Lakers. Bailing is such like an incredibly like mean spirited word out of Woj. Woj's whole timeline is like just a huge ass victory lap. <laughs> it really, really is. Man, I just... Rye, man. Talking about him scouting international prospects with Palinka from a from abroad. Part part of me really does feel for Rye because he went to back for magic today. Like went full on <laughs> it was famous because it, it's <laughs> overused, but he went full on InfoWars with Magic Johnson defense today. <laughs> and Magic literally said, Fuck and, this, I'm out. Talk about not deserving your loyalty. Oh man, that's that's what? really what this is. Like I, I do feel for some was, of fans. Yeah. Man, man, it was funny. I saw Justin Russo tweet something like, "Hey, you know, good for Magic. He was he was unhappy, but you know, he he didn't just keep cashing paychecks. He like he knew when to call quits." I'm like, dude, he never cared at all about the work. He clearly <laughs> was cashing paychecks for the last two years and then quit without telling his boss. It'd be like if you showed up just because you're like, you know what? I haven't really watched many Cavs games this season. I probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> Dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's just unreal clown show like just a mess i've never seen anything like this that like now like you saw what was his report like the whole coaching staff thought they were gonna get fired now they don't know do they keep palinka it feels like no um like i i thought there was going to be issues i thought there was going to be issues with the lakers this season but i think the Cavs legitimately had a better and more encouraging season than the lakers this year and that was not something I anticipated in any shape or form. Like, this was literally the perfect outcome for the Cavs this season. There were stretches, as you've mentioned, that sucked, that were boring or frustrating. Um, but, I'm, I mean, the team had fun. We are guaranteed at least a share of second-best lottery odds. Mavs are up 30, so we can, uh, we can safely say we're going to get a little coin flip with the Suns for that yeah, two spot. And, and I should clarify, we're getting best lottery odds no matter what because it all goes to the bottom three. Um, and man, like I, I just it just dawned on me that we still have the national championship game to to talk about, which um, gave us a nice taste of what our quote unquote consolation prizes would be with uh, Jared Culver and uh, Hunter, um, who both kind of project to be available at five or six if the Cavs do fall. So um, I'm. I'm excited. This was a lot of fun, and what what a fun way to to launch into this. Yeah, I mean it. All the ways, you know, it's funny because with regards to the Lakers, before we finally move on, it's funny because we were right about everything, and we still didn't get how horrible this was going to go. <laughs> like people thought our opinions were because we were being salty. We didn't go far enough. No, we could have gone further. We could have been meaner, and we would have been more likely to be totally right. <laughs> it's insane. Magic I, um, Johnson sorry, just Carter, I have to. I have to cut you off. Uh, someone just posted a side by side of two Rye tweets, which I mean, he's had a tough year, dude. Uh, and it's your fault. The, if, the, if, if he cancels his account, like whether this is the end of it or not, uh, it's your fault. Here is the side-by-side from July 18th, 2018. 
I'm not interested in being Cleveland. Lakers are sticking to their plan. LeBron got on board. Let's have fun next year and go big game hunting again. Going to be fun. Next tweet, David Griffin and Ty Lu soon. <laughs> Dude, that, uh, that bit about uh, LeBron getting annoyed that uh, Magic uh, had said, like, oh, we, we don't want to be Cleveland. And LeBron's like, mm, one to four straight finals. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I think he, he endeared himself to me with that again. Like, uh, that, was, that was a Cavs Twitter sentiment, and it, uh, it made me happy to see LeBron go there. And uh, it does seem like David Griffin going to the Lakers is very, very possible. Um, Man, it's – well, you know, if, if there's one way to fix a poisonous culture, which clearly, like – the Lakers, like, you know, we joke a lot about Lakers exceptionalism. Um, but, like, exceptionalism is a lot more than just free agents are going to sign with us because we're the Lakers. Like, that's the external exceptionalism. But that's actually not the really toxic one. The toxic one is it doesn't matter what we do or how hard we work or who we hire. We will succeed because we are the Lakers. And right. is that not, like, the most clear, like, uh, way to like that's not the isn't that the most clear autopsy of what's happened here is like they just thought they could hire some guys they liked from from the good old days without any indication as to how hard they would work without any vetting without right. any interview process for anyone and they just said oh it's magic and it's Kobe's old agent and no one put their heads together and thought like how are they going to build our culture it was just it was just well we're the lakers and you know they, a little birdie had clearly told them that lebron was coming and they thought that that meant the glory days were coming but you know that lebron as much as you know we like to put blame on his feet he can't fix culture that is rotted from the top down right um, absolutely and and, and, and that's LeBron clearly what the lakers are and LeBron will open the door to opportunities via trade or free agency, but it's your job to get that done. It's your job to figure out exactly what's needed. And they just don't see your that. job to tell him no, if he has a bad idea. Oh, exactly. Like how many times do you think he walked in and was like, Hey, Carmelo, we need him." Like David Griffin would have this sense to say, Hey, do we really, do we really need Melo in this locker room? And you know what, Griff to LA, I wouldn't even care. Like I, I honestly would be happy to see him there because I want, I don't want LeBron out of the playoffs. I don't want him not on a good team. I think we proved our point this season. I, I think that the Lakers' grand experiment failed, and they're going to have to eat some humble pet pie. I, yeah, I want the cast to be good, and I want LeBron to to do well. Because uh, I mean, I don't have ill will. Uh, against LeBron I, I just was kind of done with him on this team if we weren't going to be contending yeah I think that if you are looking to fix a rotten culture sometimes you do have to kind of go full demagogue and full dictator and like <laughs> if they, and you know everyone's kind of every indication from David Griffin uh, in any times he's interviewed since the Cavs uh, let him go or he walked away from the Cavs however you want to perceive it right um, has indicated to me that he wants full control, nobody telling him what to do, uh, no owner intervention, no president intervention. Uh, it's his show to run. And, you know, if you hire the right guy in that capacity, things can go, things can turn around very quickly. Now, are the Lakers, 
ready to admit their own failures and actually do that. I'm not sure, man. I, I really think that like this rotten culture of exceptionalism is still out there. I don't think, I don't think that they think that that's what happened this season. You know, I think there's a, they, they think it's the fake news. They think it's injuries. And it's like that, that's not why this season was such a, was a, was went south. It's part of it, but that's culturally, they're just such a disaster, man. Yeah, they're they're a disaster from the top down, and and they just don't have someone competent running the show. Yeah, um, and, and and it's really hard to shake that. I mean, that's that's peak old money. Like you always hear about, like old families that you know squander their fortune, and like that's culturally what's happening to the Lakers right now, and it's just <laughs> insane, bro. Like I just cannot believe that it's this bad. President David Griffin, GM James Jones, head coach Ty Lue. That's that's what we're in for. Know who does have someone competent running the show, Carter? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers? Maybe? Colin Sexton, 10 assists. First career double-double. Double-digit season. Going out with a bang. Sexton with 18 points, 10 assists. Jetty with a nice game. Struggled a little early on, but 17 points on 7 of 13 shooting. You know what? And, and Channing Fry hitting some shots late. The Cavs get that all important L. Man, it's it's. I'm I'm going to miss parts of this season. I'm going to miss kind of the the fun uh, that these guys had off the court and, and just even Channing Fry spoke to it. He's like, even though this was such a tough season from a win loss record, I feel like we had great locker room. We had a lot of fun, and he really enjoyed himself and. I, I think inevitably next season's going to come with a little more expectations. And with that comes pressure and it comes with some anxiety. Um, but as I said earlier, I, I really do think that this was kind of the ideal outcome for this season. And, and now we're, we're just about a month away from uh, potentially some wild shit happening with the draft lottery. Yeah, it's going to be a really like, you know, I think Channing is actually a good place to start because I kind of I kind of hinted at this when we had uh, Spencer Davies on uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm really interested to see how this culture manifests moving forward uh, without Fry there. You know, now it's kind of loves culture to set in a lot of ways and he doesn't have as many allies. Right. Um, among the vets on the team. You know, like I remember when Kyrie was talking about how the the Celtics needed a vet and a few people were kind of like were kind of pointing to like a well hey Al Horford's been around like why can't he be the vet <laughs> and I and like yeah I get that and yeah it's a funny point to make but ultimately for me like sometimes I do think there's a lot of value in teams just having that old guy who doesn't even play anymore but like just knows who is comfortable checking your best players is comfortable uh, teaching the young guys and doesn't need to play. It's like you need that like guy who has no stakes other than to be unselfish and to be a good teammate. Right. And, like, and in the case of the the Celtics, you want a, a leader that's able to rebound in tough times. And I just don't think Al Horford's that guy. Well, there's that too. But like, you know what I mean? Like there is something to like Al Horford's on the rotation. Like going after Kyrie like is is messier than it is for like a guy like James Jones to call out LeBron. 
Right, right. You, and, you need that. And, and James Jones is a perfect example of that because he was somebody that could kind of mediate between the front office and players, between the front office and media, or between media and players. Like, whatever combination you want, he's a guy that could fit in on a lot of different situations. And I think Fry was somebody that, as you mentioned, that they're going to miss having him around because he's just somebody that's well-liked by everybody. And any message he's carrying is going to be received a little easier than somebody else. Yeah, and, and again, like it's just an inherently unselfish role. You have to be unselfish to be a team's 13th, 14th man, not play anymore, not have expectations of ever playing any anymore other than, you know, some rare spot minutes. Um, but just no, your role is to show up and be a good example and hold the best players accountable because you, you're the one who's actually been there with them. Um, now, I think the Cavs are in a good spot culturally. They – really have cultivated a roster of mostly tryhards, you know, like a Colin Sexton, hard worker, Jetty Osman, by all accounts, great guy, good worker. Mm-hmm. Um, Love, you know, has really come into his own as a leader and as a as an outspoken guy. Um, after early in his career, he kind of like kept to himself, like he and Corey Brewer just hung out and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, coming off your bench, you have guys like Nuaba in Delhi and guys like that. So like, it's not like this team doesn't have some, some pieces culturally that should help, but I'm just interested to see if this is a, if this is a continued thing or if this was just kind of a weird mix of, of vets and young guys that. And no uh, expectations, no expectations. And with a championship still, you know, within shouting distance where you can kind of still go back to the good old days and uh, warm fondly. Remember those, um, yeah, I'm interested to see if this culture stays as strong as it is. And maybe it's as simple as the guy they pick with the very high draft pick will be a big part of continuing that or diverting from it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's part of the reason on top of the obvious ones on why I really would like to keep Tristan Thompson for next season. Um, because especially early in the year when things were at their most tumultuous, um, he was the guy that was really being praised as being a stabilizing force and someone that was standing up in the locker room uh, that was helping Sexton get through some of his early struggles. And that, that's been who he's been off the court or <laughs> at least off the court in professional settings uh, for the majority of his career. And even when he was younger, um, that was something that was always praised with him with Team Canada. And the way that he stepped up this season, I think he's someone that does have the respect of the locker room, and it would be nice to to see him back. Um, but you're right. I, I think who they bring in this summer is going to have no track record with the team, and, and how they come in and how they approach the season is going to determine how smooth of a transition it's going to be. Um, and by the way... <laughs> Magic Johnson is now holding court with the media once again. He's holding what? another. He's holding another press conference. Why? Forty minutes. I don't know, but I'm going to keep you posted on that. Man, are they just going to come like this? Are we just going to see like a Lakers rep like tackle Magic from out of frame? Oh man! And uh, Stephen A. just posted a video recorded about an inch away from his forehead. So I'm I'm really looking forward to listening to that after the podcast. Oh my God. What a day, man. What a day. (laughs) Man. So once again, 
the Cavs lottery fate might be in the hands of a coin flip, which is a little terrifying. For those that don't know, uh, a coin flip, winning a coin flip actually got them Dion Waiters instead of Anthony Davis a couple drafts ago. Um, so I, I hope this one goes a little bit better for us because, um, I mean, everybody knows how poor the Cavs lottery luck has been over the years. And um, yeah, very I, I just, I just, I want to see them get a win because I, I know people will point at, uh, the ones that they won, but it just wasn't in the years that you'd want to win. So hopefully, hopefully the Cavs finally get some luck. Yeah, I'm going to be real stressed um, on lottery day, which is just about a month away. Carter, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. What? I was, know what I, I know what it. I can say? You can, uh, it, it can be stressful. Uh, running a team can be stressful. It can make you quit. And uh, the presidency... <laughs> Fuck, I, I had a transition for that, and then you went. Yeah, well, I thought you were setting it up. This sucks. This I, sucks that you did this to me. I, <laughs> but what better way to commemorate the year that was than a botched entry into an ad read, Carter? You're absolutely right. Ad reads and life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. It's not just uncomplicated, it's very uncomplicated. At getethos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meeting with pushy representatives. We're, we are the pushy representatives. We really are in this case. <laughs> it only takes 10 minutes to apply and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. That's less than a cup of coffee a day. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. Getethos.com. I, I really wanted to do something with mortality and, and the season being over. But then I, like last second, I wanted to turn it into something with magic. But I just, I hadn't rehearsed it in my head. So well, I, you, I, I, you, I, worked, you worked as hard as magic did the last two years <laughs> on that transition so don't, don't lose too much sleep god knows he's not gonna it, it really was uh it was going smooth and i just came in with a sledgehammer so uh you're welcome for that carter i'm annoyed because you knew i was starting i know well you were starting and it made me panic because i'm like i want to do this read i want to have a i want to come in with a hammer and uh, I, uh, I, I kind of Carlton the fuck. Yeah, you you stole the ball and hurled it at the backboard, and uh, I uh, I sidearmed that shit. Yeah, it was a baseball throw, <laughs> not a Kevin Love outlet. Let's just say that much. So obviously, there's nothing fun about the Virginia Cavaliers and uh, Texas Techs, whatever they are. Uh, playing. Um, they're, they're, the end of game was fun, but neither of those teams play an enjoyable style of basketball. Um, not that there's many enjoyable styles of basketball in college basketball. Um, but th- that game changed your opinion of either of those guys, both Hunter and Culver. Because um, while I, I don't think you can read into necessarily the box scores, especially when you got two great defensive teams going at it and coaches that don't know how to maximize guys. Um, but the impact both of those guys had on defense kind of had me turning my head because 
they, they were legitimately impressive with Hunter being the most impressive, I, I thought, on that end. Um, he, he just was smothering guys in Culver in particular. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't Culver and some – like there was one play where Tech uh, worked really hard to get Hunter off of Culver. I think the guard's name is Edwards on Texas Tech. Uh, they were doing like a series of screening actions and uh, ended up getting a switch. And then so Edwards had the ball with Hunter switched onto him instead of feeding Culver with a with a hard earned mismatch. Edwards just drove at Hunter and got completely smothered. He got bailed out with a reach, a very unnecessary reach in from a help defender. But it was like, God damn it, these college kids, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, and first off, I think we should start, actually. I, I know that Hunter was excellent defensively, but I think it's really important to start with um, – there's been a lot of uh, uh, criticism of Culver's shooting percentages in the last few games of the tournament. I'm just not super interested in being that critical when a good third of Texas Tech's possessions in that game featured – him getting the ball at the uh, on the wing with like 12 seconds left on the shot clock and them having to having him iso with two teammates standing within 9 feet of him uh that where he not only had to guard into maybe the best perimeter defender in the country but also help uh yeah. both at, both at the rim and within like four dribbles like and, and not with like an easy outlet pass either to for an open shooter i mean like I, you've never seen more easily presented doubles. Now, part of that shooting percentage is a testament to Culver or to Hunter, who genuinely was very, very hard to shake and uh, has one of my favorite qualities in a defensive player, which is just he's not screenable. Like right. he just, he just <laughs> like would like unless you like hit him square chest to chest, uh, he was sliding through and maintaining contact and often. Not even like staying on their back hip, but staying right in front of them, no matter who had the ball. So he was amazing defensively. But Culver showed me a little more juice off the dribble in some spots when he actually had some space to work. Uh, like his uh, his layup on Hunter to tie the game up and eventually send it to OT. I mean, that was just a really, really nice take. He had some nice little wiggle, and it was all craft, really. Like he's not that athletic. but. Right. But it was all craft. It was all footwork. And uh, he earned that bucket on a very good defender playing very good defense. So I thought yeah, both and were and super impressive. Like, I, I know I, everyone likes to shit on them because they're not super efficient scorers. And, yeah, Hunter kind of went off with his three-pointer, which is not something I'm going to count on at the next level. But both impressed the hell out of me. And both definitely looked a tier above every other athlete out there. No, I, I completely agree. And it's so funny to me, the, the game-to-game reactions. Like, we, we treat – NCAA games almost like NFL games where you have complete swings of emotion depending on what the last thing you saw was um which I mean even at the most basic level bad shooting games can happen um you look at Kyrie the the first two games of the 2016 finals like he just did not shoot well at all and then we know what happened the next five um and these are situations where as you mentioned these guys are not being put in strong positions offensively they have to do way more work than they should have to and to me it's just do you show a flash of a skill because if you're showing a flash of a skill against high level guys um that gives me hope that it's something that you can build upon and and hunter to me his defensive effort really kind of made me feel better 
about him potentially being an option at like let's say six um because while i don't think he has the offensive upside of culver i I think that he can be just a really really good starter and and a difference maker on defense and and that that is absolutely something that the Cavs really need because I mean, as much as it'd be great to get a dynamic offensive player, and I think you need somebody that can create for himself and others, um, especially because Colin Sexton really hasn't shown that yet as a playmaker. Um, they, they did have a very good offense with Kevin Love in the lineup, and I, I think counting on some internal growth, I think you, you can add a guy whose primary strength is more on the defensive end there. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I It does start feeling a little bit better for the worst case scenario to hit the Cavs um, as we get a closer and closer look at this class. Now, I still don't think, I think if you're picking fifth or sixth, you do have to change your expectations. And ideally, whoever they pick in that slot would have a fairer set of expectations on him than poor Colin Sexton did at the beginning of the year. Uh, You know, now that they're not bearing the weight of being the return for Kyrie Irving. Um, But yeah, it, it does feel like, you know, a guy like Hunter or a guy like Culver definitely have a lot of value for the Cavs. And, you know, if they do land in that two spot and want to trade down, it feels like they got a few more options than it did prior. They're getting so, RJ. I mean, it does feel like RJ is still the optimal uh, pick for a team that really needs shot creation and uh, playmaking, which RJ is much better at than anyone wants to admit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting, idea and i i really don't mind a scenario where the Cavs end up with hunter now am i bummed out sure but ultimately it's uh that i don't think the Cavs are gonna feel like they wasted a year with whoever they end up picking unless uncle dan um gets in the way i i agree um i i guess there's always the the possibility of going off the board but um i i i think we can look at the development that the Cavs have shown with guys so far um, under this tenure, like Jetty Osmond's grown a lot. Larry Nance has uh, grown his game. Um, he, he looks more comfortable shooting threes than he has. Um, his playmaking's kind of been highlighted a bit this year. Colin Sexton's grown a ton this year. Um, so I think that they're, they're giving me enough reasons to believe that these guys can kind of draft and develop guys and that they, they have a coherent plan. Um, and I'm honestly, like, as long as you end up with one of these guys, um, I'm kind of more curious about what's going to happen at the back end of the draft and whether or not the Cavs are going to trade up and, and maybe get someone like Nazir Little, who whose stock has fallen, but it has great potential. And I, I think if you get someone like Hunter, let's say, like, let's say you fall to six and you draft Hunter and his strength is more on the defensive end. I'd like to see someone like, I'd like to see them attempt to trade up and get someone like Nazir Little um, who can be dynamic offensively and, and is more kind of geared towards that side of the ball. Cause I think then you, you have more room to develop someone like that. That's going to need touches. Caps are in a weird spot, man. Um, with their, with their roster construction right now, because they're completely set at center, right? And they're pretty set at point guard, you know? Like, I mean, like, unless you got a clear upgrade on Sexton, you're probably going to roll with him for now. Um, 
and most of the good point guard prospects aren't going to be there later in the draft. So if they end up taking a wing with their first, uh, with their top pick of the first, uh, are they going to just take another wing with the second? I mean, maybe. Uh, it, it feels like when you're looking at what this, this roster needs, uh, they really could use uh, plenty of wings because they just didn't have very many pure wings. They had a bunch of tweeners. Um, and then they could probably use a backup four, whether that's a modern four or, you know, that shoots and can handle a little bit, kind of like a, you know, maybe like someone in like a in Luke and Bob Mute mold, you know, somewhere who's that kind of like probably would have been a three in the old days, but is a four now. Um, or is a more traditional banger, but then there, but then you run into a lot of positional overlap at the five. So it's just a weird spot for this roster where it feels like all they can add are wings, but you don't want to add like nine rookie wings. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I completely agree. Like, like that makes develop- me nervous trying to play like Barrett and Little together. <laughs> We're going to end up with like bull bull. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. It's gonna if you if the Cavs end up with two wings that they draft in the first round that are that will kind of by default end up playing heavy minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, you can almost guarantee that this team isn't gonna maintain their first round pick uh, because you're just gonna be giving so many minutes to guys who can't win just yet. Right. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I guess so much of this is going to be determined by what happens in the uh, in the lottery and and what offers they get for those expiring guys as well. Um, did you get emotional at all today uh, with uh, Channing? Or yeah, because the game season was over. Well, anything really. Like to me, I've just been hit with like punch after punch, and I I appreciate magic yeah, stepping been, down. Fuck, I was kind of light in the mood. We're out of rhythm. Because I was going to say, the only time I got emotional was when, you know, when it was when Magic talked about how he loves Jeannie like a sister. You know, like that relationship is just so beautiful. Man, um, I – oh, no, I'm, I'm back in my feelings. I know. I, uh, no, no uh, Carter, yeah, I didn't actually get that thing. emotional this year. Uh, hang on, hang on. All jokes okay. aside, like it just – it's tough. A little tough today. Just after 15 years with us seeing Dwayne Wade, please – last yeah. home game in a different jersey like just you know it, it it's it's our hakeem with the uh with the raptors moment i know, know? and i i thought it would cheapen the moment a little bit for me um and i know he still has one more game left but i i do appreciate at least miami fans uh embracing their adopted uh son there. adopted son yeah it 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 does it does touch me and and we've had a good working relationship with the heat beat guys and the five reasons guys and i just i'm i'm glad to see that at least they gave him love on our behalf um because you know it, it was a lot of great memories like who can forget when he dunked over anderson verishow back when andy was a member of the heat that that was a big moment <laughs> the three championships <laughs> the three championships i mean it's it was a lot. It was a lot of great memories. And hey, you cynical dick! I just remembered you hated the Budweiser commercial. Defend yourself, dude. I, I was keeping that to myself. No, I'm outing you, you piece of shit. <laughs> I didn't like hate it. It just didn't like do anything for me. Oh uh, yeah. Know. Which is weird because those kind of things always make me. Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good cry, you know. Uh, and, uh, then, you know, everyone's talking about how they just like, couldn't like, couldn't even finish it. And they were like, just in tears. And it's just like, I thought it was nice. You know, that's it. I'm sorry. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, 
I don't even know, you know how what? to you make know, it funny. I, have, I don't even know how to make it funny making fun of you for that. Like that's I have just, a theory. I have a theory about this, why it didn't get to me. Because Dwayne didn't cry. Uh, maybe. Because that, that'll always get me. Because there's one, a very similar video, uh, and I forget who, who, what brand did it, but it was a John Cena video with, like, right. all the people he had inspired or helped. And he got he teared up, and that got that got the waterworks going over over at the Rodriguez household. So maybe it's maybe it's their vulnerability that gets me emotional, as opposed to just the the moment. Maybe but I can't believe you called me out for this. This is bullshit, bro. No, because everyone loved that video except me. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and that's like a Cavs legend that dude, you just dude. I was dude. even I was actually at work, and I walked away to watch the video on my phone. Cause I was like, I don't want to like, what if I start crying at work? That would be a bad, that would be a weird look. And I don't want to explain it. So like I was, I came in with it with, you know, an open heart and uh, it just didn't land for me. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't want this. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, I'm making you talk about it. Oh man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a monster. You should be sorry. I mean, I I thought I was the dick here, but I I think we've I mean, learned. To be clear, you are. Um, no, no. I I think I'm a, a very sensitive, in touch with my feelings, man. That's uh, compassionate and empathetic to everybody I know. Uh, well, that's that's what they say about you, on uh, and both in person and online. Just <laughs> good guy, Justin. Want to know a funny trend I'm noticing? There's sure. a lot of Lakers fans in my mentions that like enjoy my tweets now and are like, well, yeah, because they hate their team. What's that? Because they hate their team. They, I like, know, but the, well, you know, I think there is something like, and I'm sorry to anyone who is wanting like a, a very thorough Cavs recap podcast. In fairness, we kind of have already done it in different ways uh, down the end of the year, but that's the kind of funny thing about the Lakers. Um, it's like the Lakers had this facade and they were failing and everyone kind of knew it, but like they all kind of like had this idea as a fan base, like, okay, LeBron coming, it's back to normal. But really what it is, what it was is they just like took out a loan at a terribly high interest rate. (laughs) (laughs) And and then like, you know, the, the, the Piper came calling and, uh, and, it didn't get better and it actually somehow got more embarrassing and worse. So now you're really seeing the, this, this lashing out from Lakers fans that really other than uh, Domin, uh, our good friend, Domin Rangula, you just didn't see anywhere else. It, it was literally just him. And then everyone else kind of was like, okay, we're back. It's time. And only a, a select in really, it's not their fault. Like it's a, It'd be pretty hard to like add LeBron and think, oh, it's still not going to work out. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like it, you're really seeing like a complete collapse of the Lakers fan base morale here, and that's why uh, after pissing them off all last summer, now they're starting to be like, all right, man, go yeah. ahead, pile on. What an experience it has been, and you know what? I, I know, as you mentioned, this hasn't been the most comprehensive Cavs recap, bud, but it's been what I've wanted to talk about. And in all fairness, we're going to keep potting. Like, we're going to keep doing this once a week throughout the summer, and there's going to be a lot more to talk about soon. Like, the the season ending doesn't actually add a whole lot of content for us. Like, well, yeah, it's ju- actually more content because uh, 
as like any bad team and Clevelanders should know this very well, the off season is the, is the season. Right. Uh, most of the time. Right. Like Larry Drew is probably going to be fired in the next 24 hours. Um, um, there's content right there. We're, we're exactly. We're going to have things to talk about for next week. We're going to have coaching candidates. Uh, things are going to start unraveling. We're, we're going to have, I, I guess, other playoff stuff to talk about and laugh at the Raptors when they fall apart and, and, and there'll be plenty of good times. And of course we will have our, uh, our live uh, draft lottery uh, broadcast, which uh, we need to work out the logistics for, but I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be one of the most stressful nights that I can recall. Dude, it's going to be a mess. And I honestly, I'm at the point where the, the vitriol and rage that's going to be spit at the calves if they win that thing. <laughs> <laughs> unparalleled i can't wait i'm gonna be such a dick aren't you like because it used to be like hey like why do you like because like i think we've been doing the logical argument for a while which is these other teams don't deserve the number one pick any more than us um i think i'm gonna go full heel mode yeah i, I think at that point you just have to lean in and, and it's going to be it's going to get risky because we'll, we're probably going to have some sort of live camera broadcast and my manhood might be coming out. So um, we will need to figure out safeguards to protect uh, me from myself. Uh, Zoom has video meetings. We can do it on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll need Zoom if we're going to see it. Oh, man. It's going to be uh, – we're going to be so unlikable. And honestly, like I'm starting to break it into my head like, it's the funniest outcome is the Cavs winning the lottery. It, it really all, is. All, like a lot of the other outcomes are depressing. Like, you know, like the wizards winning, like, fuck that. I don't want that. Or like, you know, then there's the, there are a few cool ones. There's a few depressing ones. There's only one truly hilarious one. Right. I'm Cavaliers, baby. I've got, I've got things ready for the Cavs. If we're drafting at like, one through three if two is chicago or phoenix like i i'm ready to play up any of those angles but you're right Cavs winning the lottery and getting zion like as much as we've talked about like concerns and stuff i think that's me protecting myself it's 100 percent that justin yeah you just love rj I, I i mean that's certainly a factor as well but i mean god damn that's going to be fun like if yeah. we get zion, that's going to be so much damn fun yeah, here's a hypothetical for you because, like, I was doing some thinking and basically, like, just kind of talked myself through a process where there's enough teams that would trade the number one pick for Anthony Davis plus the Pelicans' own odds that Zion feels very likely to be a Pelican, probably more likely than any other outcome. And that's depressing. I don't, think anyone, really, I don't think anyone really wants to see Zion in a Pelicans uniform, but... I ask, Justin, if, if, if you can remove your Cavs fandom from the situation, is that actually the most interesting outcome? Is Zion, the number one pick going to a team that might flip it, flip him for Zion or for Anthony Davis? I, like, I think is, is that is that the best outcome for the league, actually? Uh, in, I mean, so we're talking about the Knicks. Um, Knicks, um, I think. The Sixers are actually in that neighborhood. Uh, if that, oh my if God, that, would that be? If because wow. the, they can't take Zion. If that, if that uh, Kings pick somehow lands, right? Yeah, Zion would be the shortest guy in the starting lineup. 
Uh, I think the obviously the Lakers would trade it. Um, I yeah. think I think Dallas would think long and hard. Um, I think Chicago would think long and hard because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little more possible than you think. Like it, so there's a real world in which there's like some serious palace intrigue here as to where whether Zion because it's it's not the same as Wiggins getting traded. You know, no, like we no. talked about. I mean, Wiggins, Wiggins wasn't going to be the top pick until Embiid got hurt. I mean, yeah, and, and even so, like just not like the same level of prospect, not the same level of marketing engine. Like, no, he, he's the most hyped prospect since LeBron. Like, like, there will be a real argument that you should not trade Zion for Anthony Davis, even if it, even if you're a contending team. And it's going to be so fun, so dramatic. Yeah, I think that's the outcome that I actually think is the most most fun uh, in a lot of ways, though. I mean, if it's not the Cavs, I, you got to think, like, the Hawks, who are NBA Twitter's darling, um, would be pretty fun, too. Uh, where would you like to see him go? Zion? Yeah. Other yeah. than Cleveland. Okay. Other than Cleveland. Um, Hawks. Yeah. Hawks kind of seems like it. Dallas out also. I mean, I, uh, not, I, I don't think we should get into the Porzingis stuff, but, like, if Porzingis ends up suiting up for the Mavs, uh, and you have Doncic, Zion, Porzingis as a front court, mm-hmm. that would be pretty bonkers too. So there, it's actually a weird spot where a few of these teams that actually have pretty good lottery odds might actually be pretty fun. Uh, and then there's the Cavs, who everyone will fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't wait! I can't wait to be hated awesome. again. We're we're going to be a playoff team next year, Carter. You, you oh, just, man. just you let damn it, wait. Let um, it happen. So, next up, we're going to find out who's going to be coaching the Cavs. I think that's going to be settled up uh, in relatively short order. Like, I did kind of expect that by the end of the month. Um, and we will continue to have coverage no matter what happens to the Cavs uh, this summer. Um, want to thank all of our listeners. You guys really uh, stepped up in a big way. And uh, in all seriousness, I, I really appreciate it. And I know I'm speaking for Carter as well that he appreciates it appreciates it as well uh you guys put up with me not being able to talk and and that's really really appreciated shouts Um, to the discord bros shouts to our discord which again if you guys want to be part of the chase down discord because we will be having a lot of fun throughout the off season as well uh you can do so by sending a screenshot of a review on itunes or whatever your favorite podcast medium is to chasedownpod at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, cook those books, tell hey, your Justin. friends. Yeah. Before we wrap, I just oh, had an so idea. Is this, is, this a, is this a revenge for the ad read? It's not, but I actually think you'll like the idea. Okay. I think, I think we should end the podcast with just a little uh, personal note uh, about, uh, about Channing Fry. Uh, each of us can kind of mention why why we appreciated him so much. Um, are you down? I I am down. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I just think, you know, most teams don't have this kind of affection. Most fan bases don't have this kind of affection for a player who played maybe two and a half, three seasons with them. Um, I think it was two and a half. Uh, no, it was three. Point is, not very long. Um often wasn't playing heavy minutes, uh, wasn't, you know, rarely was a starter. Um, and it, we talk a lot about culture. I always joke about making fun of Kevin Artovitz for falling in love with a, with 
how you know these winning teams all have great culture until they start losing. Um, but you know, Channing Fry and the way the impact he had on the Cavs was kind of a, a testament to what culture setters and uh, good vibes in your locker room can do for a team. You know, I think I really think he and RJ saved the Cavs season in 2016, and I can pretty confidently say they don't win the title uh, without him. And that, and and with that, in the road tripping podcast, which let us get to know our team in a way that we never would have gotten to do before, and that really led to a, to all this affection for that team. That you know, we would have loved him no matter what, but we really got to, uh, a window inside what these guys were like, and. Uh, I just really appreciate the hell out of him, and I'm really going to miss him on this team. No, I, I completely agree, and I second all of that. I, I think you did a really good job summing it up, and uh, I, I think the only thing that I would add is he was the uh, he was the inspiration of J.R. Smith to take off his shirt, which uh, is <laughs> going is an all time iconic Cavs moment. So um, I guess, man, I, I guess this is the last game where J.R. is going to be part of the roster technically. Um, yeah, so that's that's a little weird. Um, Losing a couple tri- couple title guys, um, and you know, always will appreciate those guys forever, no matter how ugly the JR era ended. Yeah, man, jeez. Well, thanks. I, I think that was a really good idea, Carter. Um, this oh, is, thanks, babe. This has been quite quite the uh, quite the day, quite the season. Um, I'm now seeing a Woj tweet coming across the timeline. Luke Walton has only two years left on his contract, but only next season's guaranteed. Uh, Johnson planned to fire him, but stumbled into his own resignation along the way. <laughs> Somehow Walton survived magic. He didn't see that coming. <laughs> Stay petty, folks. Stay petty. And until next time, go Cats.